Gaming Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is James Jordan, and this is a brand new episode of Gaming Uncensored, and I am riding with the Elton John of Hogwarts. Tommy's sitting over there. What's up, dude? Uh, I like that. Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. What's on the show today, brother? Uh, we, we're going to talk Hogwarts because uh, we got lots to talk about with uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it's been a while. so My screen just went weird. I don't know what I we still got, got here. You. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it like just flashing at you or what? Uh, apparently we're no longer recording, but that's okay. We got to cover somewhere else. So Surely. yeah, hopefully so. Yeah. Interesting. Who knows? Anyway, we've got Hogwarts. We're going to talk about that. We've got Diablo. We got to talk about that because we haven't been there since uh, Diablo beta. So we've got a couple of games that spend a lot of time talking about, uh, which is good because we don't have a lot of other news uh, to talk about uh, other than uh, the, uh, the long uh, coming death of E3 appears to finally be here. So, we will uh, we will talk about that. Take our moment uh, to uh, to memorialize what I imagine is the end of E three. It's hard for me to see it coming back at this point, and talk about what's going to take its place, which is no surprise there uh, either. And so, uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. A handful of other things. Go to the show notes, gamingincensor.com because even though we don't have a lot, we're not going to get through it all. Uh, so go see what we did get to. So what's going on, Rocket Man? I. <laughs> I uh we we've got lots to talk about with Hogwarts Legacy because uh <laughs> it's just it's uh it's a good time. Uh uh it, you know, uh life is is good. Busy, but good. Uh been playing some games, which is nice, uh and working a lot and that's about it. That's really I mean, it's been we've already again taken a big break uh from the show which we don't ever intend to and just always seems to happen. Uh and it's really just been working games, you know. Like that's it. That's all that's happened since last time we did a show. I have done nothing but work and watch you play games. Uh, and and I'm very grateful that you're playing a lot of games uh, because it's keeping me from going crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, the, the, I love my house. My house is great. Uh, I, I made a massive mistake not moving my gaming rig over mm. here. That was a massive mistake. So I'm <laughs> I'm very grateful that you're uh, playing a lot of games and enjoying it, or at least apparently so. Uh, yes. I I have to say, 
uh, Hogwarts. I, I'm, and this is not me jumping right into it, but but it it's I'm twelve and I don't care, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I'm twelve and I don't care. Like yeah. I you you really do. You're you're walking around looking like Elton. And and if somebody wants to take some video from our YouTube channel, we will give you video to work with. <laughs> somebody take the video and put it to some Elton John songs and send it back <laughs> to us. We'll put that somewhere because I've got video of the Jets playing in my head and I can see where it would work. Yes, uh, for sure. It's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and also not the worst song to have stuck in your head. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to have an Elta John song stuck in your head, that's, that's, that's a good way to go. So yes. um, let's uh, let's discuss that really quick before we do. Uh, thanks to the Patreon guys who bought uh, Hogwarts Legacy for us and and help us pay for other games and such. Uh, Cabbage, Jose, Narc, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, uh, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, and Luik. Uh, thank you guys again, as <laughs> always, for your support. Um, we appreciate it a ton. If you would like to uh, support us on Patreon as well, you can do that go by patreon uh, or go by gamingoncensored.com excuse me and click that become a patron link uh, there at the top you can also go to patreon's website and search for us there if you so choose but we'd love yes. for you to come by the website first so gamingoncensored.com uh become a patron uh sports over there get the uh the video version uh, of this podcast uh and uh yeah it'd be a good time so um hogwarts uh like we're already talking about it, so let's just keep talking about it uh so one thing, because you brought it up, it's uh, something at least we're talking about. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on uh, uh, how it works, because uh, I know I have mixed feelings about this. So the gear in the game, of which there's a lot, so you loot gear pretty regularly and you don't really loot anything else. There's not really other things that you get in the game. It's really just, at least so far, maybe there'll be some other items or something. You this get a potion is, every once in a while, but it's really it, mostly just gear. It's not Diablo. Yes, it's definitely not Diablo. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, and so, like, you get upgrades all the time. Like, I feel like every, like, two minutes I'm getting a new piece of gear that's an upgrade over what I already have. And so you're swapping out gear on a regular basis. And the gear looks pretty goofy. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's like, cosmetically, this is the thing with it. It's like, at least so far, and we're a chunk of the ways into the game. It's not like we're just at the beginning at this point. Uh, we've got a good bit of time into the game. We're like over a third of the way through the main story. And like, you know, like it's progressing along uh, nicely. And the the gear is just like linear upgrades. Like it's like, okay, you found something and it's a little bit better. But there aren't like a lot of attributes to deal with. We're getting to the point where we're unlocking some of that kind of specialization stuff, but there's just not a lot of it. And so there's nothing really that you weigh one piece of gear over another. Like it's pretty clear cut, which one's better. And you just equip the one that's better. And so regardless of kind of how ridiculous it looks or whatever it does, I just want the best gear. Uh, you know, like I just want to be using the thing that gives me the best stats. And so like, it's just goofy looking gear, which is fine. It's it's Harry Potter, like that's, it, that's part of it. It's, it's okay, but it's just clear. goofy. 
He he sounds really negative, but but like <laughs> if if you're gonna do gear, this is the way you do gear in a Hogwarts game because you do you look like a goofball walking around. Yes, but, I, but it doesn't matter because it's a Hogwarts game. Right? Uh, yeah. Who cares? It's it's so like uh, ridiculous anyway in all the best ways possible. Like it's really fun ridiculousness. That is kind of cool. Like walking around with these stupid dragon glasses or whatever it is. This big old top hat or whatever. Like it's just it's just part of the 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 uh, the deal with a goofy game. Like it kind of is. And and it's that's another thing we could get into talking about a little bit. It's kind of how seriously does the game want to be taken because i'm i'm not really sure of a good answer for that um but uh it does a pretty decent job of of not taking itself too seriously a lot of the time uh which adds to the enjoyment of it it's one of those games it's not game of the year it's not going to be game of the year and 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 god knows the the games that are coming up in the next few months uh, it's going to have a lot of competition it's the game of the year so far probably but this is april so we've got a lot of year left to go it's not a game of the year type game but it's a really fun game and it's it's goofy enough and and ridiculous enough and and fan service enough to be a good enjoyable ride in between you know god of war and zelda which is what it's going to be for us is the the gap between god of war and zelda i'm not ever going to come back and play hogwarts legacy again but i'm going to enjoy it while we're playing it because it's good it's solidly good i'm going to go one step farther and and this is me it's what i do and so here we go um, I'm going to say for what it is that it's spectacular and I hadn't thought to use that word until the last hour I watched the last hour video that you put up uh, last night I never watched that live because I figured there's like three hours of you paused in there <laughs> yes. like I don't have time for that so you were you were uh, doing that last night, and I was watching Caitlin Clark, and I was happy about watching Caitlin Clark. That's from fair. That before because <laughs> that woman is spectacular. We can like, talk about that later. Different world. Yes, um, but <clears throat> the 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 deal to me is like this last hour video that you put up. You're on the broom a lot. Mm-hmm. And the broom to me is spectacular because you get up and and you start moving and you're flying around and you're looking at this this land space and the lake and the forest and all of the stuff, the bridges and all that. And it's amazing. It's amazing. We might be a third of the way through the game. But we have a long way to go, and I'm just amazed by it. Uh, The other thing that the broom points out to me is that there is no excuse for somebody not to try a Superman game at this point, (laughs) because that's how you do flying. Yeah. That's uh... it's good. It's yeah, it, it's it's a tricky thing. And and this gets into, I think, one of the, the bigger kind of conversations <laughs> too that I want to have about the game overall, but this definitely ties into that. It is an open world game, which was an incredibly ambitious thing for them to do around Harry Potter universe, uh, because uh like 
first of all, like Harry Potter takes place almost completely at Hogwarts. You get those occasional excursions off to somewhere else. And later in the series, there's more of that, obviously. <laughs> but but most of Harry Potter in the books is is Hogwarts. Right. And so to build this world around Hogwarts that feels living and breathing, that's not just about being in in the castle, but going other places was always going to be a, a challenge. And I think they've done a pretty good job. Uh, I want to caveat that because I'm about to say stuff that's going to make it sound like I don't think that. <laughs> so I'm going to caveat it to say, I think they did a pretty good job. The fact that you can go exploring, you go to Forbidden Forest, you can walk to Hogsmeade, you can do all this, you can find these other little communities. All that stuff's really, really cool. But, and here's the but of, of all this, the world just... It's the game, and maybe the game as a whole, I would say this for. The world definitely feels this, but I think it's more than just the, the open world nature of it. It's it's uh, an inch deep and a mile wide. Uh, like, there's just not a lot of depth to anything in the game. Like, everything's very cool, but there's nothing much under the surface. Like, everything is basically what you see is what you get. And so once you start getting out into the world you kind of get it. Like, there's just not a lot more to it. Like, none of the different locations around Hogwarts are vastly different from each other. Like, they all are pretty similar. There's some caves. There's a little, like, we went through a dungeon that was pretty cool. And so it's not like there's nothing. I want to make it clear. And I'm not saying that it's a, a dead world or anything <laughs> like that. But coming from something like God of War, which is what we played right before this, that has so much depth to it and so many little hidden things in not being a true open world game, uh, it just it feels a little bit lackluster in that way. And so something like getting the broom and getting to fly around and and later on when we get other mounts, because there's other mounts to get, um, like... It doesn't feel like you're missing a ton by flying over everything as opposed to walking. You know well, what I'm saying? And, because the and, world just isn't that deep that you feel like you need to see every little component. Like you get on that broom and you can fly around and, and you, you feel fine with that. And that's what, you know, <laughs> again, uh, I think there's a lot. I will talk about some other places like that in the game. Uh, but that's that's the thing where I think it works as well as it does. It's just simply because the the world doesn't draw you to every little inch of it and and that explains to me why after we spent an hour <laughs> last week talking about the fact that you weren't gonna fast travel i turn on the video and start watching it as soon as we finish the show and you're sitting around everywhere and i'm like what are you doing dude what what yeah. like, I'm but here's the thing. The TV. It's the second time I walked to Hogsmeade. I was like, why am I walking to Hogsmeade? There's nothing new here. There's yeah. nothing along this road that's any different than the last time I walked this road. You know, like there's not any interaction with any character. So there's not NPCs that you're randomly running into or any of that kind of stuff. It ain't like, Skyrim. It ain't Skyrim. That's another really good way to put it. Like you're just <clears> not <throat> going to run into things unexpectedly in this game. There's a few, again, I don't want to say that a blanket statement, but there's just, there's just not that much depth to the world, which I don't care about a ton no. because what is there is really good. And again, it's, it's a Harry Potter game. It's, it, it's not the game of the year. It's, it's not, you know, like that level, but it's a solidly good game. And I'm okay with an inch deep mile wide kind of game 
that keeps me entertained. And it's doing a really good job of keeping me entertained. Okay, so I'm I'm going to tell a story that's not going to sound like it has a point, but it has a point. Um, one of one of my jobs is to work in 3D environments, and every 3D environment that I work in, <clears throat> including Second Life and 3D Web Worlds and various other places, all of them are trying to figure out how to do education. So I have been watching you play Hogwarts for the last two weeks. And I sat in a meeting on Friday and said, if you want to make people pay attention to an educational space, it has to look something like Hogwarts Legacy. Because and and let me let me explain to you uh, this ridiculous thing I'm about to say. You you got the room of requirement last week, right? And mm-hmm. and you get all of this stuff when you get the room of requirement, including the ability to change your environment, change colors, change. It's it's nothing spectacular, but there's some really nice building tools in there. And I'm, uh, Evie is going to hit me if she ever hears this. <laughs> the building tools are better and easier to use than any other 3D environment that I work in. And I can tell that by looking at them. Yeah. Right? Like, And so I essentially told people last week, if you want to use a 3D environment for education and teaching people to build in in 3D and, and do projects in 3D or whatever, this is how you have to do it because the world is captivating. And the guy that was sitting in the meeting with me that created one of these worlds stopped and said, you know what, I played it too. You're right. And he said the issue is that Warner Brothers put $200 million into that and however many years, and none of us have that. So <laughs> I say all of that to say it may be an inch deep and a mile wide, but it's a really good inch deep and mile wide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is to me, kind of the definition of like a solid mid 80s game, right? Like, that's it, it just is really good at what it is. And it's not as spectacular, but it's, it's a fun ride. It's the same thing that I look for in, you know, like <coughs> movies. Like, I want movies that are just fun sometimes. I don't care if they're great. I don't care if they have big plot holes. I just want them to be fun, you know? And right. this is a game that's just like they executed on the fun, which is the most important thing. And so let me talk about a couple of the other things that I think are are not great, but also not like immersive breaking, world breaking to the point that it makes the game unpleasant. Mm-hmm. The puzzles in the game, not that right. great. Like this is something that like at first I was like, oh, this is going to be a really cool part of Hogwarts Legacy because first of all, you got magic and it establishes from the very beginning like that you're going to have a lot of puzzle mechanics. And it's like, oh man, there's going to be so many fun ways that you can do this. And then you find out most of the puzzle mechanics are very repetitive. There's just not a lot of 
different approaches to how they approach puzzle mechanics in the game, at least so far. Maybe that'll change, but I don't think so, based on what I know of, of other people's experiences. And so now, the kind of puzzly things, like the the uh, opening the the uh, doors in Hogwarts. Right, the right, little... right. Stop and explain that, because I yeah. still don't get it. So very early on when you start the game, you run into these doors that have numbers and, and symbols on them. And, and you go, oh, what do I do with these? And like you kind of like you could look at it and you go, OK, so there's there's some code here. Of, you know, like I got to figure out this codec of of what these these animals or whatever creatures are that are on these illustrations and what numbers they were. So on and so forth. And I was thinking that this is probably going to be something that builds through the game. You're going to run into a lot of these. You kind of have to use some deductive reasoning. You're going to walk around, you know, Hogwarts. It's kind of going, okay, I saw this one and this one and start figuring out. But at one of them, outside of one of these doors, there was just a chest sitting there. And in that chest, there was a a piece of paper that just has what each of the symbols is numerically. And so it has like the the like little goat symbol, and that is a two, and the little right. uh like spider symbol, oh, and that's a six or okay. whatever it is. So they they still they they are in fact. Numbers yep. puzzles. Yep. But and okay. it's and it, and it gives you the solution. Like it gives you this piece of paper that tells you what they are. And it's the same for every one of those doors in Hogwarts. And so instead of there being any kind of like puzzle to each one of those doors, which in and of themselves could have been really interesting, you just have to go to your inventory and and check this piece of paper and you just put in the symbol that adds up to whatever number is in the middle. Right. And it's, you know, like just math like it's not a puzzle yeah. at that point it's just math you know like there's just not that much but to it at that point that, and they could have made it way more interesting that's just not it's it's fine but it's but, just not that interesting see that that's the example that uh, that was one of the examples that i was trying to use in the meeting on friday that's how you teach something in a 3d environment where Kids look at it and they go, "Okay, I, I understand how this works." Like, like you do, you don't have to, you don't have to really like pull out all the stops. And I mean, I realize it's repetitive. I get it, but repetitive is how you get a ten-year-old to learn their timetables. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, absolutely. And if it was a game to teach ten-year-olds timetables, then great. You know, but if yeah. it's a game that you know honestly appeals to millennials, because millennials are the ones that grew up with Harry Potter, um, then you're not uh, teaching us anything. You know, right. <laughs> like we're all in our 30s and 40s at this point. Like the core audience <laughs> for this game, and and so it's just, and that's the same way with like the Merlin puzzles. Like, I'm into the Merlin puzzles because it opens up more inventory slot. And early in the game, it sucks right. how little inventory you have. And so being able to complete those. But they're pretty repetitive. And and either you can do it or you can't. That's why I figured out. It's like, you're going to figure out what you need to do really quick. It's just a matter of whether or not you have that spell yet. Right. You're going to go, oh, this needs to go there. Which is almost all of the puzzles. Like, it's just like, get object a to destination b you know <laughs> like it's just it, and it's again like there's just not a lot to it it's fine and it's fine the combat's okay you know like it, it's a little clunky but like having the different spells is is fine but so far there's not a lot of different approaches to anything like it doesn't feel like there's much like variability in how like you respond to people because i you know i've tried like making my character like it's kind of you know complex like 
he's not just goody two shoes. Like he's kind of right. goody two shoes, but like I also like super like buddy buddy with the Slytherin dude, you know, and I kind of want to be like right. the, the little bit of a rebel as well. But it doesn't really matter what answers you choose to anything because it all like obviously gets you to the same place. Like the dialogue, like if you're like, oh, I'm going to be tricky on this one, it's like, yeah, see, you try to be tricky, but we're going to get you to the same place we wanted you to be before. You know, like there's just, again, inch deep, mile wide. Uh, but yeah. a fun inch deep my wife is pretty well written it's not the best written thing in the world but it's entertaining voice acting as you talked about last time not great but not awful and it's just kind of the whole game is that way it's all just kind of pretty good but it's Hogwarts <laughs> which is super fun and so pretty good is is actually really enjoyable and it's it's pretty good enough that it, it's not like I feel bad about what I'm about to say because you and I have got a 10-game list, at least, of games that we've started, we have not finished. <laughs> and on, on that list, just to give you a couple, The Last of Us 2 yeah. and Red Dead Redemption 2, mm-hmm. which I feel awful about yes. that we haven't finished either one of those games. I can tell you for a fact, that this game will get finished. Yeah. I I can't tell you why. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like a complete poser as a video game uh podcast show host, uh, because we haven't finished The Last of Us 2 or Red Dead 2, but we're gonna watch and sit through every ounce of Hogwarts Legacy. And I can't tell you why other than I'm a 12-year-old in a 44-year-old man's body. That, yes. That's it. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's the key. Uh, we we love Harry Potter, um, <coughs> you know, and, and there's just something compelling about that universe that we'll we'll see it through as long as we get it done before Zelda gets here because uh, once Zelda gets here, everything else is done. Right. <laughs> so it will, uh, it will. So that's Hogwarts. We're going to be playing some more Hogwarts. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you about that. But we do need to spend a little bit of time talking about Diablo as well because last weekend was the open beta for uh, Diablo 4. Uh, and so uh, I, I I know you've got some thoughts. I know I have some thoughts. And so definitely want to talk some Diablo. I need, I need uh, two minutes for a rant. Mm-hmm. And then I got a whole bunch of questions. Fair first enough. Of all, <laughs> first of all, Wizard, we love you. We know it's been a tough couple of years. We understand that. Um, but how on God's green earth is the Diablo 4 beta not available on the Mac? And don't tell me it's a Battle.net thing. Don't tell me it's a graphics thing. Don't tell me any of that because the the requirements for Diablo 4 aren't that steep. When Tommy sent me a text and said, hey, the pain is going on, I ran to my computer with my really fast internet connection (laughs) and started downloading it after I got home from watching Quee 3, which that's an off-the-air discussion. It's okay, and I spent $100 at the movie theater to go (laughs) see it. I'll tell you about that later. But 
<laughs> I get Battle.net downloaded, I get logged in, and I go to click the button to quickly install uh, the beta. And I say quickly because we have the fastest internet on the planet and you can do just about anything in about three minutes. <laughs> so I was pumped. I was pumped to the point that screw it. If we don't do a show this weekend, I don't care. We're playing Diablo. This overtakes everything. I click the button and it goes, oh, sorry. This is not available on the Mac. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a Mac Studio, which is not the most expensive Mac you can buy, but it's almost the most expensive Mac you can buy. <clears throat> and if somebody out there tells me that this Mac Studio that I'm sitting in front of cannot run Diablo 4, I'm going to call them a liar to their face. And so I've got a serious problem with that. And yes, I know I'm overreacting. And, and, and you're going to tell me I'm overreacting. I get that. I understand. The Mac is not a gaming machine. I get it. But of all the games that should be multi-platform and available everywhere, Diablo 4 is one of those. Period. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't take any issue with that. And Diablo 3 runs on a Mac. And, and so, you know, it's not like there's no precedent for Diablo being on a Mac. Um the though the mindset of PCs are for games and Macs aren't, you know, still exists. Obviously, right. there are like understandable differences in in the architecture between them or whatever. But obviously, you can run games just fine on a Mac. And like to me, the justification of a lot of games not being on the Mac is that Macs just aren't like uh, gaming centric and and they're not like easily upgradable and all that kind of stuff that we've talked about a lot. Like the, the way that Macs are built is not for people like us who like to tinker and, and upgrade and all that kind of stuff, which is the gaming world on PC. But Diablo is not the game that needs that. Like right. Diablo is not a super heavy game that needs ray tracing and on and on and on. Like, yes, you are absolutely right. It could run just fine on, on your Mac studio. There, there's no reason that it couldn't run just fine on your Mac studio. Like it's just that they haven't put the work into making it Mac yet, which okay, they've been working on this game for 10 years or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> like it is what it is, but yeah, there's no reason me, that it couldn't be. Let me be, let me be clear. We're talking about even Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm not going to have that rant about not being able to run Red Dead on my Mac because I get it. It's not a gaming... I, I understand, but Diablo 2, Diablo 4, almost a Diablo 2. Diablo 4, <laughs> for as spectacular as it is, is a top down, smash everything and blow everything yes. up. Like, it's a really good looking game, but it's not that intensive. 
Yeah, for again, what you have in your Mac Studio, yes, there's all the power there that you need to run Diablo Four, and and I know that because I ran Diablo Four on my really aging PC at this point, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and it ran fine on my PC, and and so that yeah, absolutely, there's no reason that could. So for whatever reason, it's not there yet. Of course, it'll likely be there someday, and they'll do another launch around it, coming to the Mac, and make a deal out of it, and get some PR out of it. But there's yeah, it's a shame that it's not there to start with. Right. So that next, said, <laughs> <clears throat> next, I have like 80 questions. Mm-hmm. And and uh, first one that I'm thinking of is that when I fired it up, I, when I fired up your video of you playing it, I immediately thought, well, crap! It's more Diablo three, <laughs> and and I I didn't have that thought because of the way that it looked. I had that thought because I watched you play for about ten minutes, and I never felt like you were going to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I thought, okay, it's a beta; they're making it accessible. I'm going to keep watching this. And I think there's an hour and a half of Diablo on our YouTube channel. At no point in that hour and a half did I see you going to a mob where I felt like you were going to get caught. And I know we sound like a bunch of old guys. But if you go back and play Diablo 2 right now, today, I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in the first five minutes of the game. I don't care if you're in the last 10 minutes of the game. If you're not watching your step, you're going to get your butt handed to you. And and I'm, I said that politely because I don't want to curse on this air. That's what Diablo 2... Two does still today. If you're not paying attention, it will kill you. And yeah. that's what I wanted from Diablo Four, and it's not there. Yeah, I I, I think there's definitely validity to that. Um, I'm I'm curious to when the the if they're going to rebalance a little bit too, based off of the beta, because obviously one of the reasons they run the beta is to get as much data as they can before they do the final release. I I kind of doubt it though because. And modern sensibilities for video games, a game as as challenging as Diablo 2, that's not a Souls-like, because <laughs> that that genre kind of has that built into it, um, is going to be met with, uh, maybe, I don't want to say for sure, but potentially <clears throat> met with some some backlash on, on, on the difficulty side. I... I agree that at no point, I won't say at no point, because I did die a couple of times, uh, but I don't think I was broadcasting those, honestly. It was the, right. like after the, the beta officially closed, but it was still up. I played it for like another 30 minutes or so. I didn't even know if it was going to run, and it did. And so I played a little bit more of it. And I ran into a, a, a boss, uh, like a world boss, that was uh, a much higher level than I was. And I just, from the beginning, there was obvious I had no shot. And I, you know, tried and died and whatever, just so I could see what happens when you die. Cause I was curious cause it's Diablo. 
Right. And it's not the Diablo 2 level penalty where you have to go back and find your body and get all your stuff and potentially lose I, all that. I also, I also noticed, and this is where I'm a little frustrated, uh, there there are no teleporter scrolls. You can just yep. sort of cast that whenever you yep. want to. Yes. Yeah. I, I, but this I, is what I, I to say about all of this stuff is that I don't hate that because it's just quality of life stuff. Because town portals are a pain. They're just obnoxious. Well, like, yeah. like, let's be honest about it. Like, it's it's a game mechanic of one of our favorite games of all time. And so we hold it kind of sacred because of that. But it was kind of an obnoxious game mechanic. And that if you didn't have a town scroll that you're looking at just hiking your way back to find a waypoint or back to town or whatever that's not really an enjoyable part of playing the game. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that the, the, the trick is this is at least I think the trick that they have in the game is that like, it takes you time to cast the town portal and you can get it erupted. And so you right. can't just use it to get out of a mob all the time, but uh, like just as a, you know, like a, 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 an ease of, of play, like to just not be annoyingly hard you know like i want games that are challenging that make me feel like there's right. some reward from that challenge and there's plenty of ways you could do that which i'm not saying diablo 4 does well like to be clear i'm not saying that that what they've done so far is going to scratch that itch <laughs> but town portals is not the thing that made diablo 2 fun right you know what i'm saying let, like let me let me rephrase let me rephrase i'm not looking for diablo 4 to be Dark Souls, okay? I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is some fear that I'm going to die in the first, like, I don't know, five hours of the game <laughs> without running it on Nightmare. Because sure. there, there's like four Wizard employees out there that are just like, turn the difficulty up. No, that's not the point. I, I, I don't, I, no, no. I, I want some fear that when I walk outside, I'm going to get beat. I mean, is, is, do you understand? Does, does that make, I know it makes sense to you. Um, of course. I, I, but I, I just, I think I think what I want is because Diablo 2 does this really well. Every time you fire it up, and I know this because we both do about once a year, <laughs> um, you have to be strategic when you leave town. You Every time you fire Diablo 2 up, you look and you say, I've got this gear. I've got this much money. Here's the weapons I've got. Where am I going now? And how do I get in and out without getting beat to death? Yes. And and that part of Diablo 2, I love. Yes. And I want Diablo 4 to do that. Maybe that explains it a little more succinctly yes. than I, I just wanted to be harder. Yes, I, and yeah. I think you could do that with still having the kind of uh, modern, like ease of use things. You know, like you can strike that balance. I'm not, I'm not arguing that they have. Uh, just to be clear, I think the game is 
too easy at this point. And I, you know, I didn't change the difficulty. I just wanted to see the game and how it played and all that kind of stuff. So I went in on whatever standard difficulty is. And like we said, didn't get overwhelmed at any point in the first, you know, couple hours of the game or anything like that. And that does feel not like Diablo 2 and a lot more like Diablo 3, whereas Diablo right. 3 was a little bit more uh, 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 I, general gamer friendly. Like, that's the other thing I think is just <clears throat> like the trick with Diablo is that Diablo 2 was like a seminal game for hardcore PC gamers in what the late 90s whatever right. it came out you know right. like it, and diablo was that as well but yeah. diablo 2 was like that that moment that there was like a credibility thing on on being a, a pc gamer diablo 3 was like hey let's take that idea and make it more accessible to the general gaming public which is why it i mean and we've talked about this before diablo 3 is a perfectly fine game and we both yes. played through it and enjoyed it and it was great but it didn't stick with us like diablo 2 did in part because it was you know a little bit more broad appeal in that way what i feel like they're trying to do with diablo 4 is say okay now we got the broad appeal let's inch it back toward what diablo 2 was because it does to me play a lot more like diablo 2 is does explain how it's it's a feel thing i don't know how to explain it like outside of like just like diablo 3 what i the first time i played diablo 3 i was like oh this is different right yeah. like this just doesn't feel quite like diablo 2 and we played you know a million hours of diablo 2 and so i feel like i had a good sense of what that should have been and and again we liked it we played through it all that kind of stuff diablo for for whatever reason and it may just be a time thing and it may be because i played through diablo 3 and i just now like the the experiences of those are meshed more in my head mm. but like it just felt like picking it up like it just felt like diablo 2 like the the art style is more in the 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 way that diablo 2 looks the the feel of how okay. your characters move around is more like diablo 2 than it was diablo 3 and so it just has this sense of of kind of hearkening back to to what we know as familiar okay let me jump off of that because i will agree with you that the setting is fantastic yeah i i i love it's gonna sound weird but i've decided that i love diablo in in the winter like every <laughs> every issue that i had with winter in red dead and winter in god right. of war no Diablo in winter is fantastic. Can we have more of that? Yeah. Like I love the blowing snow and I love the I I I it's so it's 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 cinematic. Uh the the voice acting is good. Uh the lighting is great. Uh I, I like all of the all of the 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 the, the aesthetic stuff is fantastic and it reeks of Diablo 2 and yeah. then and then you open up the inventory and the character screen and you go well <laughs> you know like but um, why tell me why like because okay so <clears throat> I can, as you said, I can go download Diablo 3 right now. 
And I probably will right after the show because you got me <laughs> thinking about it. And I had this fancy computer with this big screen and nothing to play on it. <laughs> Diablo 3 so, will actually so, run on it. So, so I'm probably going to do that right after the show. But, <laughs> but the thing that Diablo 3 does that I hate, and it, I guess Hogwarts kind of does it, and maybe every other... Um, I don't, I don't know what to say. Gear centric game out there, like you get stuff in Diablo three and also in Diablo four. You open a chest and they give you stuff, and and you literally have to look real hard to see if the gear is better than what you got because it all looks the same, right? Like. It, it all the gear looks the same, and you're like, okay, this, this, is this stat better than that? Is it like, I don't know, it's just different gear than Diablo 2, right? And I understand that I'm talking about a game from the mid 90s, but like, and there was a lot of junk gear, okay? There was a lot of great gear in Diablo 2. My deal with Diablo 3. And also probably with Diablo 4 is that there's a lot more that you just pick up and you go, eh, I can't use that. And, and it kind of bothers me a little bit. Now, granted, somebody is going to write on the Facebook. Do you remember how much gear you sold back or you just dropped in Diablo <laughs> yeah. 3? I, I get it, okay? I understand. It just feels like it's ramped up even more to where it's like when you open a chest in Diablo 3 or Diablo 4, I'm not expecting to get anything good. I, I, I'm curious about that point. I, I, you've, you've kind of got some wheels turning in my head in that, like, I don't completely disagree with you. I don't completely agree with you. And I'm wondering why, you know, <laughs> like I'm trying to, to square that, that circle in my head. I think part of it is, that like Diablo two was like the original looter, you know, it, like, it's, you know what it is? You know what it is? I don't feel like, and, and Blizzard can tell us that we're wrong and I'm probably going to call them liars. Uh, but when I Diablo two was the first game that I know of and, maybe the one that still does it best to do random the absolute best. Okay. Sure. Every, every time you fire it up, the map is different. The chests are different. Um, the gear in the chest is different. Um, and, and I don't feel like Diablo 3 did that as well. And I don't feel like Diablo 4 but, but did th that as well. But this is where I would well. push back on that. It's like, I think they probably do it exactly as well. But okay. we've done it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not novel. Like, the thing with Diablo 2 is that it was novel with Diablo 2. Like, nothing had ever done it that way before. And now, like, we've got a billion different looters out there. You know, like, it just is a really common gameplay mechanism that Diablo 2, in large part, like, you know, uh, trailblazed. 
And now we've got a ton of games that all work that way. And so the the thrill of finding gear that we found in Diablo 2 doesn't exist anymore because every game has that. You know, like every like right. it's hard to build a game where like now you're like excited about gear because like every game has that like gear component to it. And so I like if you were to just take like the gear from Diablo 2 and drop it into Diablo 4, I don't think you would go, oh, this is fantastic. This is great. You would go, oh, this is how a looter works. You know, like it just is what we've come to expect at this point. And what they haven't done is significantly upgraded that. So I don't think the problem is, at least for me, this is the way that I would say this personally. My problem is, isn't that they don't stick true to it. My problem is, is that they haven't revolutionized it in a way that makes me excited about it again. It just kind of is what it is. They, they tried in Diablo 3 with the crystals and, and 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 you know you get this size of crystal and it does this and you get this size of crystal and it does that yeah. and you like and then you could go to a blacksmith or somebody and he could combine this with that crystal and you like they tried and they just sort of failed miserably and and because I've got all of these crystals in my, I I don't know that they're called crystals, but like these red and blue shiny things in my inventory that that I have no idea what they do, and that's the difference between Diablo three and Diablo two because I know what a diamond does, and I know what an amethyst does, and I know I know what those do, but in Diablo 3, it feels so much more diluted because it's not only about the color, it's about the size and about the, about the, I don't even, I kind of even think it's about the purity of given whatever the thing is. And, and I, I think in their attempt to upgrade it, they made it more confusing. Does that make sense? For sure. And I think that's, I think there's an interesting balance with, do you try to do something new or do you play purely to nostalgia? Right? Like if they just gave us socketed items, exactly like Diablo two is, we'd go, Oh, I love this because we love Diablo two. You know, we love socketed items or whatever. And for us, that would be the the key thing. But for people that never played Diablo 2, they wouldn't have that nostalgia about it and they wouldn't care. And let's be honest, most of the people that played Diablo 4 aren't going to have played Diablo 2 because Diablo 2 is a game that came out 20 plus years ago, 25, more than that, whatever it is at this point, right? Um, That like, they can't just bank on nostalgia and we're just going to be curmudgeon-y because we want nostalgia and, and we get plenty of that to be fair. Like in right. modern gaming, we get tons of nostalgia because there's remakes all the time and everything else. And so, uh, you know, we, we got all those things. Um, but you can't build a game directly around that unless you're giving us Diablo two resurrected, which they did. And, and, and it, it's great, but we also played that. And the problems that we had with it is that it also feels dated, you know, like yeah. the, the gameplay mechanism there. And so it's just, it's a really hard thing to get right. And, and I'm hopeful that Diablo four is going to get enough of it. Right. This is the takeaway. I, I'll say at least for my time with the beta, I'm absolutely going to buy the game. Yeah. Like it, it, it was, it wasn't what? like, no. Oh, this is no. awful. Let, let's, let's be clear. You're not going to buy the game. Patreon's going to buy us two copies. We've never had true. these. 
It, it never happens that we buy two copies of anything, but I'm I'm telling you right now, you guys, you Patreon people are paying for two copies of Diablo 4. Period. And you and I are going to play a bunch of Diablo 4 together. Yes. We played a bunch of Diablo 3 together. We played a bunch of Diablo 2 together. Like, we're going to love it because it's it's going to be a good game. It's not going to be Diablo 2. Uh, that's, that's an all-timer for us. Right. But it's going to... It, it, it's a good game. It, it's going to be, you know... Uh, a, a fun beat em up uh, looter like that we know with this kind of open world thing something we didn't mention yet is that it's this bigger open world uh, which I'm excited and, to and see as it plays out it's hard to get a sense of in the beta because you're still limited to you know just time wise a, a smaller area but I'm looking forward to some of the exploration and that kind of stuff that you get to do with it which has always been a Diablo thing there's nothing new about that but doing that in not the kind of the stage limited way but in a more open world way I think it's going to be really fun and you did bring it up with the uh what you call it uh world boss that you ran into like that wasn't a dude in a dungeon somewhere that was a dude on the map yeah uh which i'm interested in yeah me too for sure there's gonna be a lot of fun to it and we're gonna talk about it a lot when it comes out in a couple of months because we got a billion great games that are coming out like yes. within the span of two months, which is that. So, all that said, uh, really quickly into the news because we do have to talk about this and and like I said, go back to show notes because there's lots of other stuff over there. But the big news of the week, at least for us, because we're we're such fans of this or were uh, when it was good. Uh, E3 uh, is now officially not happening this year. Uh, it, it was supposed to be kind of the comeback year for it, and we started getting news about uh, all the companies that weren't going to participate with, you know, the big three. Microsoft saying they weren't going to participate directly. Uh, Nintendo saying they weren't going to participate directly. Sony hasn't for the last several years anyway, and so already they were struggling. News came out uh, a week or so ago that Ubisoft wasn't going to be there, show up with a physical presence. And if you don't have Ubisoft showing up, it's hard to justify E3. Like Ubisoft is kind of a bellwether uh, company for something like that. Ubisoft kind of shows up for everything, like and, and understandably so. If Ubisoft's not showing up, it was hard to see how E3 would continue. And just a few days later, it was official that E3 would not happen. This year, and I have to imagine won't happen again. I mean, they might try to do a revival of it in some way, but it just, what we knew of as E3 for many, many, many years is is dead and gone and, and doesn't really have a purpose in today's gaming world. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about in the COVID year, the first year that it was kind of nice because we had the same access as everybody else, and even I, the IGN videos that I watched, the dude said, you know, I'm kind of bummed because we won't get this stuff hands-on. We're just going to be sitting around watching it, you know, like everybody else. And that was something that you and I said we, we kind of enjoyed because we could take it at, at our own pace or whatever. I feel like that the game the gaming industry is one of those industries that is going to have to have some kind of showcase and yes i know there's a Tokyo game show and yes i know there's facts and yes i i, I know all of that and one of those one of those shows may take over as the preeminent uh showcase 
place, but I, I don't feel like that it's going to serve gaming as a whole because this is what we do. You and I have been doing this show for 18 years. I don't feel like it's going to serve gaming as a whole just for everybody to do a bunch of directs, right? Like, I I don't... I I don't think that's going to be sustainable for very long. Now, all that needs to change is the Tokyo Game Show or PAX or or somebody else has to say, okay, this is what we're doing and everything will be fine. But this is one of those industries, kind of like CES, for example, where you have to go somewhere once a year and and walk around and look at all of the crap that people have got. I I don't know if I agree with that anymore. It, of course, it used to be that way, and that's why made E three so uh, uh, important to the industry. But because it's a software centric industry, like you don't need CES, where like the whole point of CES is that you have all these hardware, gadgets, and yeah. you can't like easily send that to people to try out. You can easily send software to journalists. And that's, you know, like, that's the thing, right? It's like every uh, gaming publication has access to a game for two weeks beforehand. So they can play except through it. Except us. us. <laughs> right, of I'm course. I'm just saying, except But we never not to E3 either. You yeah. know, like, that was, you know, like, we've, we've never been in that category. And it wasn't super, you know, obtainable for uh, a, a, an outlet like we are. And that's, you know... In in E3's kind of glory days where it was being open to the public, like the idea of a quote-unquote press credential was pretty easy to get at E3. Yeah, there's fun around that. But for the industry people to be able to get hands-on with stuff isn't a challenge anymore. And for uh, publishers to be able to show us what they have, they don't need a captive audience that's being broadcast on G4 or whatever. You know, like, obviously, we've got YouTube and, and Nintendo Direct that just happened this week of 10 minutes of Zelda gameplay. You know, that, like, the publishers could get directly to us, and so that side of it's not needed. We're not hardware-centric enough to need a yearly outlet for that. Now, when Nintendo does whatever their next console is going to be with whatever I, ridiculous control scheme they're going to have, like that's where it's going to be missing. And maybe Tokyo game show or something like that helps fill in that gap. But it, it just, in a world of software, it just isn't something that, that you have to have a yearly thing where everybody can come and get hands on with stuff because but, everybody but, can. It's, it's, it's not anything that has to be done at a centralized location. But, but see the hardware was what I was about to bring up. Cause I've got two examples. Um, one, you brought up Nintendo and, and Nintendo is going to do something at some point. We all know that there's some kind of upgrade coming. Uh, but before we get to the upgrade, can I just say, holy crap, man, Tears of the Kingdom looks fantastic. Doesn't it? Yeah. Holy crap. I'm sorry, we're not going to get thing. enough time to talk about that uh, um, today, but it's it, fantastic. Go by the show notes, gamingonsister.com to see that. Was, the, oh, man. The point that, I, that I'd like to make is like the, the Nintendo stuff and the do I really need a PlayStation Pro or a PlayStation VR 2 or a, like you can't really sample that stuff anywhere. Yeah, you can go, and I say you. I, <laughs> I'm I'm not us. 
but media in general, this this stuff is still hard to to send out and kind of set up in an office unless you have an established relationship with whoever the company is. And yeah, the IGNs and the GameSpots and all of those have got it. But the reason that that E3 was so big was because there was a lot of little people there too. Sure. That like us that were like we're going to LA, you know, and that's why 3,000 people showed up. Like, if you take the amount of quote unquote gaming press that are out there, there's like a hundred people. Like, you, you could, you could fit them in the Amarillo Civic Center. Like, that's it. If you take <laughs> everybody that works for GameSpot and everybody that works for the IGN gaming division, and everybody that works for uh, Polygon, like it's like a hundred people. That's it. Like, yeah. For, for everybody else, I feel like you gotta have the ability to go somewhere. But but why? It's it's like I just like theoretically yes, but in practicality, like what you talked about at the very beginning of this conversation, we got the best E three experience for us personally. The E three of COVID. Right. Because it was just everything was there at our fingertips that like it was as close as we've ever gotten to having the, you know, that right. experience, which even the E3 of COVID is there wasn't really an E3 of COVID. You get what I'm saying, though, is that that was that shift of developers going like, we're not trying to appeal to people that are in a convention center. We're trying to appeal to people sitting in front of their screens, which the problem right. of E3 always was is that they would show these big wide shots of the convention center of all these people in there and you watching at home, like that's not compelling, right. you know, and we got, you know, uh, hosts that are trying to get laughs out of a, an audience that's sitting in front of them and and it was hit or miss and and things weren't curated and and it just like, we love the spectacle of it. I'm going to miss the yes. spectacle of it so much. And that's, you know, the thing for me because we just have grown up with it and, and that's going to be sad to lose. But the experience outside of like just giving us a spectacle to to commentate on and make fun of, you know, the the experience of E3, it's just way better through a, a direct, like uh, a Nintendo Direct or, or Microsoft, whatever they're going to do or whatever. Even if you want to do that back in front of a live audience, I don't know. If Microsoft, I haven't even seen, they may be planning to do something in front of a live audience. I think they are this year, like a traditional E3 yeah. press conference. Somebody They're just doing it without E3, and they, they don't need it. You know, like, it's just, yeah. We are going to miss out on all the, like, little behind-the-scenes stuff that comes out and somebody discovering this gym. And what I hope we don't lose is the PC game show and the indie game show and those things that have traditionally happened in the context of E3 because we love those things. Right. But E3 hasn't been newsy for a decade because right. news just gets out. Like, there doesn't need to be a place where everybody gets in a room together to talk about stuff and people come out of those rooms going, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen because everybody sends that over Slack now or whatever, you know? <laughs> like, it just, like, that stuff is just always out there. We don't need the news element of E3 anymore because of, of modern media. And we don't need the, the kind of uh, singular gathering space of E3 because of direct distribution of content and media 
Like it's really just the spectacle aspect of it that remains from that. And and we love that, but that's not enough to really justify people showing up. They all think they can create their own spectacle still, you know, like Devolver Digital is going to do something and we're yes. going to watch it. And, it, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's just, yeah. I, I, and you're right. It, it's about the spectacle. Like it's, it's the, it's, it's the, it's like a car wreck. Like you don't want to look, but you gotta look because yeah. uh, that—that's what it is. That's the part of it that I feel like I'm going to be missing, and and that's why I want to say, God bless Jeff Keeley. Yes, uh, because he's <laughs> like us. I'm like, wait a minute. I understand that we have to do all. We have to do the direct stuff. We. We have to do all that, but he clearly puts together uh, Summer Game Fest because he wants the spectacle. He wants yes. some kind of spectacle. He wants uh, uh, an opening night, and he wants a closing ceremony. And and thank you, sir, for providing us that because, you know, you're right. I, I would, you know, I ranted about how many stupid streaming services that we deal with now? I'd be pissed if if we had to go, you know, fourteen different places. Okay, Microsoft's got a thing here, Nintendo's got a thing. Like, at least with Jeff being involved in Summer Game Fest, you know where everything is because he did the work. Yeah, you know, and that that that's a good transition into what's going to fill the gap, and it is Summer Game Fest at this point, which is going to look different in E3. It's not going to be this big convention and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> but there is going to be a live event on June 8th, so the week yes. before E3 would have taken place this year. Uh, all of these different publishers have already said they're going to be involved with Summer Game Fest, and part of it, again, is not Jeff organizing all of these events, but having a place where there's just a, 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 a schedule of what's happening, so you know what's coming up. Up and, and him branding it around the summer game fest idea, which is great. And, and everybody's going to be like, yeah, bring more eyeballs to what we're doing. Like everybody kind of wins in that situation. And so, uh, so just FYI, a couple things that are definitely happening. Uh, summer game fest is going to have a live event on June 8th. Uh, Microsoft is going to have, uh, two events on June 11th. One that's going to be their kind of traditional E3 ish press conference. The other is going to be dedicated, uh, to Starfield. And so we'll see, um, what they're going to show us there. Um, interested and we've talked about that already uh but like we're still gonna get like games coming out in the summer we're still gonna get discussion around games and announcements and all that kind of stuff just gonna be in different branding uh and it's yeah. gonna be without the la convention center um uh being the the kind of central point of that uh but at the same time like i think it's gonna make for much better content even though it's yeah. gonna make for a lot less interesting spectacle <laughs> that's uh i'm gonna miss the spectacle we love the spectacle but it, like there were so many times that you and i were sitting and watching like GameSpot's live stream bored out of our minds you know that's like true. as much as there was really great and compelling content around e3 there was a lot of times that there just also was stuff that just wasn't interesting and so this maybe gets us away from a little bit of that time spent and not as interesting stuff and letting us spend a little bit more time either talking about interesting stuff or just playing games. Cause well, at the end of the day, that's the thing we most want to do. And, and the interesting thing about this year is this will be our second year in my house, which I think 
the only reason that I have this house at this point, the only reason <laughs> I'm here is so that you and I have a space to do stuff. Yes. Because because all all of the all of the things that I'm looking at, all of the upgrades that that I'm looking at trying to figure out have something to do with this show. And so it it will be our second year in this space. Uh, creating content for for summer game, but I I so want to say E three instead. Yeah, um, it's still um, going to be E four for us. We're not yeah. getting rid of E four. Uh, but but I I I think it's going to be very interesting because um, I will say after a year of being here and a year of paying for high speed internet, which I know I paid for for a year because it just went up by 10 bucks <laughs> and I would really like to call them and complain, but I'm not going to cause it's fantastic. Um, that really is a world changing thing. And I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like us, like crap. E3 is not going to be around. Like I can't go to a, uh, to a certain place to get all my content. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe not everybody has the bandwidth that we have. And I rail about how important bandwidth is at this point and how uh, it's less rare in this country now, but it's still like, there's very few people that have the bandwidth that we have in our houses that enables us to do uh, this kind of stuff. And like 90% of the time, the stuff that we're doing in our daily lives, we don't even realize that we have it. But when you come to my house and we set up to do this kind of stuff, the bandwidth is huge. It's a big deal. And so I, I for, for as much, for as much as I, despise the idea of sounding like Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, um, bandwidth is infrastructure. It It is. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs, as, everybody needs access to gigabit internet because it makes stuff like what we're talking about, like Summer Game Fest, doable for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's, uh, like you said, uh, fortunately, has gotten better. And there's always going to be room for improvement there because things are going to grow and, and expand. But uh, that access is more than it used to be. So we will still be here. We will be doing E4 this summer. Uh, don't worry. That's not going away, even if E3 is. Uh, E4 is going to be around for a long, long time. So uh, really quick to wrap up a couple of game releases. I just want to mention uh, a couple of notable ones. One that's getting very good reviews, unsurprisingly, is the uh, the Resident <laughs> Evil 4 remake. Um, uh, apparently, is very, very good. Uh, one that is getting very bad reviews is The Last of Us Part 1 on PC. That PC oh. 4 is very very broken apparently and 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 a shame that it's so broken because it's such a good game and the last of us is having such a big moment right now that it's a super bummer to release a game uh for the last of us that is really broken because it is going to turn some people off uh, but the, the tv show did way more good than a bad pc port's ever going to uh counteract and so that's the good news the, so, the game uh, the show by the way 
which aired its finale, I think, since last we did a right. show, uh, just was fantastic. Okay, two two things. I know we don't have time, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, the it, it was it was fantastic. Uh, but I hate the time jumps. I I I hate I I hated the way they kind of move. Like they got the entire story of the first game in there, but they had to do some serious time moving to make that happen. And sure. I w- I would have rather seen them create more content. Like I'm really getting tired of. Because I had to go look and see how many episodes of the last the last of us that there was because I expected there to be ten. Nope, there's nine. It's it's getting it's getting I'm getting frustrated with the the numbering of these episodes and the amount of content like it's like how much content can we give people in the fewest amount of episodes? And it's getting shorter and shorter. And I understand why it's about money. I get it, but it, it's there's so much more they could have done with the first season to get to that end point. Yes, it was good. They 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 could have done a lot more. They 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 skipped forward a lot, which I I did not enjoy. Um, that's yeah, really I, my only knock. I, I I think they gave us nine really compelling episodes and stretching it out farther gives you more chance to make bad episodes. That's, that's my counteraction to that. Is okay. Every one of those episodes was good. You know, they didn't have a bad one in there. I would love more of it, of course. And I'm, I'm itching for season two and it's going to be forever. Uh, but because they executed so well, like I, I'm glad that there wasn't like filler. Right. I, I mean, but the reason that I wanted more filler was that the filler that they the I, it's not filler. It's, it's, this it's, is yes. It's it's not disclosed in the first game. I love the episode where it shows how Ellie got bit. Yeah, like that was awesome. Right, which is the like DLC for the first game that we never played. You know? Oh, but, but like okay. the the uh, the the episode about Bill and Frank doesn't exist anywhere in the game, other than you know little uh, uh, discussions about what I think the show does so well is complements the game. I wouldn't want to only have one of those experiences at this point. You know, like I think the show is such a good complement for the game. I don't need it to tell me the exact same story because I already know the story, right? Agreed. But it told other stories in a really good way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Very good. So. Sorry, off the rails there for a second. <laughs> no worries. Just had to do that. It was it was so good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 phenomenal. So, yeah. It to to me, and and I posted something on the Facebook page. That our our buddy Paul uh, turned me on to. Uh, it was an SNL spoof of of The Last of Us and Mario and all that. Yes, but it <laughs> it makes me wonder what they're going to try next, and I'm a little bit afraid uh, <laughs> because there's some stuff I don't want to see. Yes. Uh, God of War is the next big one. I'm really interested to see how they approach it because the God of War show is coming, uh, and and uh, we'll see. Uh, 
not all of them could be great. And that's the thing is like every time there's a new announcement of a beloved franchise is coming to TV, I kind of go, Oh, is this the one that they're going to screw up really bad? And and God of War could really be one of those. (laughs) Just like I'm, I'm, I'm cringing at the idea of them really screwing up God of War. So anyway, uh, that said, we do need to get out of here. Uh, but uh, good TV is great, and I like video game TV. That's good, and that's been a long time. I will, I'll I'll end on this. Uh, next time we do a show, uh, I'll have seen the Mario movie with uh, the little girl, and and I'm sure she will be excited to talk about it. So, oh wait, we no. have that to look forward to. So when are you going to do that? Because Saturday, I, you, okay, that's, you're going yep. Saturday, so we I need... have tickets bought and the whole thing. Okay, so I need to get myself <laughs> prepared. Um, it comes out Friday, right? So I think Wednesday. They moved up the release date a couple okay. of days. So okay, yeah, so, so a days earlier than originally planned. So I need I need to find some time. I need to go see that instead of seeing John Wick Four, which I really want to go see. <laughs> I should I should have seen John Wick Four instead of seeing Creed Three. Is what I should have done. Um, let me just say, Creed really needs Rocky Balboa to be good. I'm just uh, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Um, that being said, we are done. He's looked at his phone like eight times because there's like <laughs> two people going, where are you? Are you done yet? Yes. And so we're going to get out of here. Um, you know where the social media is. Facebook, Twitter, Patreon. Pay, pay attention to us on Patreon because Patreon's about to get real serious. No, we don't know when E4 is going to be. We don't have that exact <laughs> yeah. date, but there will be content. We got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, Duff, as of last night, is threatening to come to my house for an extended period of time. Uh, so that could potentially be interesting. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff coming up. It's our favorite time of the year in gaming. And if there was ever a time to pay attention to this show, it's right now. So if you're not on Patreon, you need to be because we swear it will at least sort of be worth it. Um, that being said, that's all I've got. Do you have anything else, sir? I think we're good. All right, I'm Jamie, that's Tommy, and we are out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? Send it to gaminguncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry, we'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored. <laughs>